gents, and welcome to another Slap Dash episode of Inspire AD, where we discuss everything Inspire AD. Imagine that. We're back, and this time we're wrapping up Inspire Pro's Ecstasy at Gold 5. Uh, probably the last part of the Eastside Suicide <laughs> jaunt of our history. Indeed, this is the last uh, the last event that we ran at Austin Sports Center with that fucking schlub of a fucking gob of humanity that used to just ugh, sashay around with his fucking sugar water and point at the floor and tell us we missed a spot, but you know, fuck that guy. We don't have to see him again. But fuck it. I, it feels good to just say, fuck that motherfucker. Because you couldn't, you couldn't do it at the time. You couldn't, you know? We, we could have done it on at the very end of this show. Well, no, because, uh, you know, you're still like, you got to, at that point, you don't know how... You never know what the future You never was. know how bad things are going to go with the next place, <laughs> and so you you have to go back with your tail between your legs. I think at this point we're we're pretty much out of the fucking woods on that hey, one. Hey, brother. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Like, hey, man, sorry I fucking yeah. besmirched your family name and was, took a duke in your office. I, you know, I don't, I don't like doing shit like just, that. Just pull, I was working, brother. I was working. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, the promoter. I was in character. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get into the meat of the show because we're kind of like in the thick of it, uh, and we're gonna we have to kind of start off on a let, let's let's work up to it and let's uh, let's answer yeah. some some questions first. Uh, I, I got some questions from uh, wrestling power couple Prince Adam and Vert Vixen, two folks that I am just so eager to do a lot of stuff with when we start wor working again. And their first question is actually uh, with. The vaccine rolling out and the end of the pandemic in sight, which I don't know. Um, uh, how has the creative writing process been for us? And uh, what do we have planned? <laughs> which I don't understand why people ask questions like that. Like Trenty really recently asked me, uh, he, he wanted to, uh, He it was a question that he pitched for the show and he said do y'all have plans to do this big surprise thing when you come out? I was like well if I'm gonna fucking drop it as a surprise I'm not gonna say it on the fucking show you fucking ignoramus <laughs> like I love you but what the fuck dude what are you asking you don't you know like are you gonna swerve us and do some things that we're not gonna anticipate <laughs> you yeah. know like, no yeah of course what I'm not gonna tell you that's not how surprises work maybe the swerve is yeah there's no swerve at all maybe maybe yeah maybe you not. know what you get bub kiss assholes um no <laughs> No, but anyway, you know, we've been chopping at the bit to do stuff, but I will say that Biss and I have sat down and we've, yeah. we've brought, we've, we've broken out the dry erase board. <laughs> like, I, th I think it, it was, a it was kind of like a, a subdued, I think we both have probably been churning creative ideas that we have in our back pocket Yeah. for once things get, get released. Um, but we definitely had a, a day, what, maybe an hour or two where it was just very explosive ideas and, and a lot of stuff really flew yeah. freely. We definitely know where we're going. And I think the emphasis going uh, ahead is that really doing this show brought back a lot of the energy that I felt when we were first starting the company, which yeah. we were doing a lot of really crazy off the wall things with like depression and me personally, I've decided that that's really a direction that I kind of want to reconnect with. And I really want the, the, the product to have that feel again. And another thing was that I really wanted to do something that was very uh, title ranking based. Yeah. Um, of course, we're bringing in the Lawless Darkness as a full-time title that will be defended. Uh, we're going to be doing this, a lot of stuff that is very uh, uh, championship feud based. Um, so there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of different stuff to a lot of moving pieces, a lot of intersecting pieces. And that's something that I've always really prided my booking on personally. It's just how things intersect. Yeah. And I think, uh, for me, a big thing for me is going back and just realizing, Hey, this is six times a year and put everything we can into making these six times a year feel like just the most special can't miss thing possible. Yeah. Um, really making these can't miss events we have to make sure that we do some really dumb shit all the time <laughs> like it had you uh, you kind of have to just you have to come out and swing your hardest like you really want every show to be a knockout punch yep. and that's really what we're going to do going forward we still don't really know where we're going to land venue wise so we have options um 
but we have stuff plotted or charted out for the next six events. So that's like about a year's worth of booking. And I think it's going to poise our company to be something that you've really never seen anything like anywhere else. I think creatively we have some really cool stuff boiling. So, um, and of course, Adam Vert, we see you being a part of that direction and we hope that you'll join us for the ride. Or is that the swerve? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not. No, you yeah, no. Are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, another question from Adam and Vert. Uh, as a wrestling promoter, do you prefer to work with talent already that has an established gimmick, or do you want to work with talent that uh, will allow you to mold them? Um, personally, finding people who are willing to kind of do stuff that's exclusive to your promotion is really clutch. I don't necessarily ever want to mold or remold people who are established and doing something that's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, you run into a lot of people who have gimmicks who think their gimmick is great, but really there's just no fucking salt or mustard there. So sometimes you want to give it a little bit of spice and some people are just not uh, amenable to being uh, fine-tuned. I also don't always want to do the same thing. If someone is doing something else sometimes everywhere else, I try to do something that's unique that you can only really see in our company that kind of gives it that flavor. I think it really just depends on the individual. It's subjective. Yeah. There's some, some people are just don't, some people just don't got nothing going on. That's interesting. Yeah. And then some people are fantastic and they don't need to be tampered with. I, I think it's a, a mix and I'll give you two examples, right? So, so the heavy hearts, for example, was something that was not something Stacy Slade was doing outside and wasn't something Bruno had been doing. Right. So that was something new that, um, you know, was, was something that was at just inspired to start with. Um, but then you have like a Luigi Primo who has this great character and then to see how that mixes in, in our world, you know, or a great depression yeah. is only at inspire. Right? Some, yeah. I, which I think is, so there's a little bit, those are actually three different examples, right? So, uh, depression completely and inspire creative idea. Yeah. Um, Luigi Primo, something from outside that uh, then fits into our world. And then Heavy Hearts is something that is, for the most part, the talent has come up with but hasn't used elsewhere. Right? So. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just to get back on last week, my uh, Fuck the Vets uh, tip, um, a lot of times, I f or a lot of the time when we first began, I really felt there was this this nudge and even shouting voice at times to really kind of fall in line with all the other trends that were occurring in Texas. Like if there's this continuity going on in San Antonio, it's like, first of all, I don't give a fuck about San Antonio. And a lot of people in Austin don't give a fuck about San Antonio and no one's paying attention to what's going on in like, you know, this company or that company. So I felt like there was this weird mafioso pressure to fall in line and creatively just respect everything that's going on everywhere else. And you know what, man, no one, no one ever got ahead by being being respectful toward fucking, you know, the norm. I, I often think that people that tell you that you can only do things a certain way are just gatekeeping and trying to protect their own spot. They don't, they don't want to see you succeed on your own terms because it threatens them. So, I mean, like, that's why I never did any of the, the true sons of Texas shit, which I personally thought was really fucking lame. You know, it's like you, what do you, you can't, you can't book a program because if someone on a whim decides that this guy's out of the stable or they're going to do an angle somewhere else, you're, you're like, you're married to it. You have to either explain it to your crowd or <clears throat> redo the angle. Yeah. Which so you know, you're 50, 50 fucked on yeah and to me it's like i don't i don't have a, a great deal of respect for a lot of people creatively in 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 texas it's <laughs> so, a horrible I, thing to say I but mean, I, I don't you know it's logistically like, it just it just does not work no but from a from a um idea standpoint yeah i would love for there to be a fucking free birds fucking stable that drew money in every fucking town but that doesn't that doesn't use. exist but yeah that's you know? not what that is it's not right? it's not like i was going to book true sons of texas and like 500 people were going to show up that's not yeah. that's not that was not the case yeah. so you know it, it it was weird to be yelled at about that shit um let me see what else what can, can i put over a group that's done something creatively that we haven't used yeah and you can we can cut this out if you think this is too spoilery but what these the fucking true hater guys are doing with their little, their little the Facebook. born haters. Yeah, the born yeah. haters with the, this Facebook, the the vignettes and the, the videos on Facebook. Yeah, 
they have something really cool and creative going on. Oh, you see, on you own, see, and you right? see those guys get attacked nonstop by yeah, by fucking putzes, right? Yeah, but the putzes is who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, the putzes, the putzes tend to be kind of oh, like yeah. Those are the gatekeepers, no yeah, matter what. They're, fuck, they're not though. Like that fucking you, that Max, Max Muscles. Muscles is not a gatekeeper yeah. though. Like that's no, the he's issue. no, no, he's not. But when I first began, yeah. people were pitching that guy to me nonstop and like yeah. actually putting him over. And they present themselves like they are. Times are different now, yeah. motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> but they were not. I mean, like guys like that, all these fucking twats up north that weren't worth a, a goddamn lick of nothing like weren't entertaining weren't good in the ring i was constantly being pressured like to bring people like him in and i'm glad i fucking held my ground i, I will tell you when it comes to vets there's own there's three that i will listen to one is kong because i will always listen to kong mm-hmm. uh, i will hear what dusty has to say but sometimes dusty dusty misses what current wrestling is Dusty is also skeptical of a lot of things, but when he is wrong, he admits it. Yeah, it. I mean, he's like mental level intelligent. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when I don't know if people know. when Dusty came to our show, you know, I'd been in arguments with he and and Brandy quite a bit online, and they like used to kind of shit on me and say that our company was not what you know. I think what well, what was it? It was um. It was the marketing. No, yeah, it was that. But the, the, I remember, like, uh, Brandy kind of saying, like, how how are you only drawing X amount in Austin? Yeah. And I said, because there's a lot of entertainment competition in Austin. I'm not in fucking, you know, Kickapoo, you know? Yeah. I'm not the, only, um, not the only girl in town, you know? Like, there's not a line, you know? If I'm – I've got – I'm competing against fucking, you know, kite parades and, and fucking, you know – hot sauce festivals and the fucking cure down the block playing ACL, you know, it's, it's always something. And, and, you know, people have a limited budget, you know, I mean, you're not, we, we just, we're in a bigger market with more people, but that doesn't mean that there is the same amount of nothing to do as there is in a small town. There's a lot more to do. People are going to pick and choose. Um, but yeah, yeah. And they, they, when they came to our show, though, they were really polite and really complimentary. Yeah. And they were like, wow, this is awesome. You know, they were cool. Yeah. And then the third uh, Lance is a guy that uh, Lance Romance is yeah. a guy that has a great eye for talent. And I will yeah. always respect for that. Lance is weird. <laughs> I like Lance. Yeah. But what I feel like he was like really friendly to me when I first met him. And then he just kind of got really kind of like cold. <laughs> I don't it, know. it depends on the day. Lance goes through some shit. Yeah, man. So very strange. Um, but yeah, for the most Lance is cool though. That's the issue. Like these fucks, like like Byron and like Max Muscles. That it, there's others too that present themselves like vets, but they're really not. They weren't there. They weren't fucking no. the territory. They don't know what the fucking territory schedule is. No, they never saw that shit. Well, and Max also that's because of his dad. But that's it. But also guys like that. I always find the whole like territory thing. It's so arbitrary. But also a lot of people are always. Uh, talking about the etiquette of running a company and how you treat other promoters or other promotions. I always feel like those guys were the first people to fucking break rules and offend you if they felt it, oh. it, it empowered them. I mean, like not, not to dis, not to dis jacks, you know, I mean, like I, I like to think we're kind of like, we've buried the hatchet there, but yeah. Let's face it, man. What was the point of being in the NWA if they were just going to go, well, we're, NWA is finally coming to Austin, as yeah. if we didn't exist, you know? Yeah. Shit like that. But it's like that totally violated the accord. It violated the the ethics. It violated the code of being a brother brother. And yeah. that pissed me off. Like, why are you telling me that we can't do this and this and this and this, but you're just going to turn around and butt fuck me? Yeah. Why would, you know, it's like, you think that you're working us. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> you, a lot, you, you like sit there and roll your eyes at me or, or like shake your head a lot of the times. But a lot of like the attitude that I've developed is like me being as bitter as any of these vets, because like I've kind of had my head padded for so fucking long and I'm just sick of it. You know, yeah. There was I was gonna go off on another vet. Oh, yeah. Look, look at what. Um, fuck it. I'll name them. Look at some of the shit. Um, SWE or SEW or whatever the fuck it is. Look at some of the shit they're pulling off, right? Oh, trying to monopolize talent. And they're they're like, run by people that know better. Yeah. Or should know better. Yeah. You know. Fuck it. And I like. I've always gotten along with James, but James knows better than the shit they're pulling. And I don't know if it's James. Or if he's just the good cop, bad cop. But yeah, they're they're pulling some shady shit up there, and 
And they're, race, they're racist ass motherfuckers me too. Me mentioning name probably gives them more publicity. No. than half of our fucking no, man, listeners. Pe- no, no, man, you need to point that shit out. It's it's okay. Fuck I mean, they like, haven't nothing. And I'll even say, I think some of their booking is racist. I don't give a fuck. How do you have all this like tremendous black talent and only relegate them to being like kind of lower tier, lower card folks who don't have any long term angles? And how do you have a company with all like like where like the history is on the wall, man? Like. There's no reason why your co- any, any company in Texas has not had a black champion at this point. And that's not that you it's not to say that this is something that you need to not, integrate. Not tokenism. Yeah. Goddamn, look at the talent. All the it just so happens that, that like the majority of talent that is top tier in Texas is of fucking color. Yeah. You know? It, if you're not if you're not putting a title on like the Keith Lees or the ACHs or the Ricky Starks, it's because you're a fucking racist. Yeah. The end. And, and you you should have fallen into something by now. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about it in our main event. Yeah. We, we quite frankly fell into it and it was a great moment. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. This is, you, let's, uh, let's keep, you got another question. Yeah, I've got, I've got a slew here. Let, let's uh, knock them out, man. Um, I, I, we can't do them all, but we'll do a few yeah. more. Um, Inspire Pro has been a staple of Texas wrestling and survive, surviving the pandemic, or so they assume. Um, <laughs> what, what is the glue that holds us, you and Ibis, together and uh, and, and uh, inspires us to just keep this going, to keep our, prospering? Our unadulterated hate for life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I think the thing, I've always thrived off of spite. <laughs> uh, ever since I was a kid, I've had people telling me that, man, you're going to grow up to be a serial killer, you know? Yeah. Like, even just looking at my god-awful, like, current situation, you know, I in, in, in terms of my life, you know, I'm going through a divorce, and I'm just sitting here, and I'm very much motivated to succeed because I hate people now, like, that I was involved with. I want to, I really, <laughs> I really, I really want to go, fuck you, I'm going to succeed, you piece of shit, yeah. you know? Like, I've always had teachers just being kind of shitty to me, or I've had, like, fucking cops, man. I fucking hate cops, you know? Cops always telling me what to do and pushing me around. Cops is why Inspire is what, no. Okay. But, uh, no, I mean, like, the thing about Inspire is that there came a point, I think, last year during the call-outs, and I think Biss will... Uh, echo this sentiment where I was looking at all these awful stories about wrestlers and promoters doing awful things to people, um, exploiting them and abusing them. And I kind of sat back and said to myself, my God, why do I even want to be in this business? And when I answered that question, it was that because I really love this. And I think when it's done well, it's it's upper echelon art is like the greatest one of the greatest forms of art in, in the world. And all I could think was that, well, it's not going to get better if people like me go away. Yeah. I need to stay intact and where I am to fight or counterbalance against all the fucking awful shit out there. It's kind of like when Roxy asked me, like, what are you going to do going forward? And I say, the only thing I can really do is just continue to be a good person and not be a piece of shit and just do my best to, to really exist as an example of how things can be good and easy and non-dramatic and not sleazy. Yeah. So, uh, and that's another reason why I've been so, I think vocal and being very much more like, go fuck yourself to people because you know, and I mean, that was, that was sort of my instant reaction was, I, I have felt like my entire time in wrestling, you can't change wrestling overnight, right? But you can make sure that every time you're in a position to make a decision that you try to make the right one that pushes it in the right direction. And I remember sometimes, you know, person non grata, fuck it, it is Stroud, right? would be like, oh my God, how shitty it was back in, you know, and it would be like, I let it be that shitty, right? Well, no, the fact is it's shitty and piece by piece, you're trying to push it in the right direction. Mm -hmm. When you're on a show and some shithead fucking promoter, you know, wants to say, oh, we can only have three black boys or else they ain't special. Then, you know, you go, well, this ACH guy is pretty good. You need him to draw. And maybe the idea is that should have just fucking not even fucked with that show. But 
now that crowd knew ACH and ACH was able to sell his merchandise there and ACH was able to get a payday and XYZ, right? Yeah. Um, it's piece by piece, man. It's, it's it, you can't you can't move a mountain in a day, right? So you just got to keep chipping away and, and make sure you're moving in the right direction. Um, but yeah, like, it, <laughs> but that's the that's the other side of it. If if you're not there to make that right decision, and there's just some fucking shithead left, then it's it's gonna go to the fucking gutter, man. Yeah. You know, and I think I honestly think at this point with that statement, we should probably jump into the next show because yeah. we. <laughs> <laughs> we are starting on a moment here that yeah. uh, that brought us a lot of heat, man. So and and I, I mean, I've listened to the fireside with you and Palmer, and I know you guys went deep into to the um, the king of the black women. Yeah, and, and and the reason behind it, and the and the idea, um, and where it was coming from, the intent, which I think is very important. And there may be people that listen to this that don't know our story, right? They may come in to hear our explanation. So, I'm, I'm going to tell you from our side and then the intent, because that's the whole point of this podcast for our general audience. So, if that's what you're listening to, that's what you're going to hear. To me, it was one of our missteps. and I don't think it was a misstep. I, I do, you and I'll f- tell you, you why. You feel I'll it's a misstep, you. but I, I take offense to that. But, I'll, I'll you know what, this is what we're here for. We're here for the yeah. words and all. But for you to call it a misstep, I'm not going to say it's a misstep, because... like, well, Let me explain why I think it yeah, was. go and ahead. Then, and then you can... Then, then I'll yell at you. Because I, I listen to the fireside and I agree with you guys on the intent. The intent was to give a story that related to to people that Palmer knew, right? People of color that went through this bullshit, right? Here's where we missed. Here's where we missed. We were bigger than just our audience. I think our audience can could see that and could see that story. Here's the issue, though. And here's why I think it's a misstep. And I'll tell you why. Okay. You can disagree with me if, if you want. You the can, misstep, I'm, I'm letting you be wrong. Yeah. I'm just sitting over here shaking my head. Go ahead. The, the misstep was that what went out to the general public. It wasn't a local angle. That's the thing. It was never perceived as a local angle. It wasn't just about Ember Moon and, and Matt Palmer. That's the thing. It was about greater archetypes. That's like the shit that you're saying right now is something that I battle all the time when I'm writing in the industry, where if you write a character that's racist, people say that you're promoting racist ideals. Do you like Raiders of the Lost Ark? But that's not what I'm saying. No, but it is, though, because we were, no, no, we were presenting not. a character that was racist. It wasn't just something that was intrinsic or, like, myopically narrow. Or And that is what I believe is the misstep. I don't let think ex- it is. Yeah. Let me explain. What went out is the singular picture of Matthew Palmer wearing that T-shirt. Context is everything, though. Exactly. You don't have to be local to have a context of that. But the if someone that does not know our show sees just that picture and they respond the way that they did... They don't owe us to go back and find the context. So the the forest fire has started. The forest fire is going off of just that picture. Now, when you come in and you know our our intent and you know our history, then it starts to piece together. If the only thing you see is Matthew Palmer wearing that and you know the history, of it, it not to relate it to something silly, but it's kind of like the Battle Royals thing, right? If the only thing you've seen is shitty independent Battle Royals... And that's your context for it. And you see, oh, there's a battle royal on the show. And you go, oh, it must suck. And before you've seen it, these people haven't seen it. Now, what I what I do take offense to that I've seen is how could Ember Moon allow her husband to do that? And there you go. That's where I have to stop you because you're going off on this 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 idea that this was very much this local uh, angle where only our audience would get it. First of all, everybody that you saw really dogpiling on Matt knew who the fuck he was. He was on Revolver. People knew that he was married to Ember Moon. They had enough context and they knew why the shirt was offensive just beyond seeing this shirt that was like King of the Black Women. That a lot of people had more context, okay? And you know what, man? I'm sorry. But in this day and age, you absolutely do owe it to whoever you're going to dissect to go back and look at shit. Not allowing that or saying that people have a right to just ignorantly like spout off. No, fuck that. It's my standard and I'm going to fucking I'm going to fucking fire back, okay? I'm I was trying to tell a story where a heel was being racist and that's really all I fucking needed. Like I said, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, man, just because you have Nazis in the movie doesn't make the movie pro-Nazi. It's a very black and white issue, and that's as simple as it gets. It didn't mean that, you know, only our audience kind of got the context, which is bullshit. Everybody knew Matt was married to Ember. Look at all the fucking tweet and the, 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 the tweets he got, all the Twitter heat. It was ridiculous. People, people knew who he was. People knew who he was married to. But even still, if you see a guy who's simply being a racist, remove the context, remove Ember, remove all that shit, and you just see this guy wearing this King of the Black Women shirt, that's really all you need. And then you know that he's a heel and he's doing something that's, that's heel-based. That's all that really fucking matters. Because if you look at all that shit, you see a photo, you see a guy wearing this shirt. What are you assuming? Are you assuming just based on that that he's being a face? No, or no, that he's we, being promoted as a face? We know what they assumed, though, Max. We know that what they assumed was he was using racism to sell a t-shirt and to generate heat. That's what they assumed. That was the issue. That was the biggest issue people had. Yeah. No, I think I think it was... Um, I, think it, I think it was more based around people wanting to be uh, woke... And outraged on their own terms, yep. and it's about window dressing in this day and age, and it's not so much about actually looking at the metal of the moral tale from which it was extracted. Okay, you can look at things uh, in still shots without the actual frames that lead up to it and go after it. The fact of the matter is, is that Palmer was playing a character who was being racially insensitive toward other people in the company. And the overall arc was supposed to kind of depict this guy. It doesn't matter who he was married to, really. It doesn't. It's it, like if you just even look at it like as a broad picture, none of that shit matters. It doesn't matter if it happened in our company. It wasn't something that our local audience was only really privy to or got. Um I think that there were people who knew Matt and by virtue of knowing Matt locally were more understanding and kind of got the joke, you know? I mean, we had, we had a big, uh, we, we had a big sec section of, uh, people who, who were of color who knew Matt and when they saw the shirt, they fucking bought it and laughed, but that, that's still like neither here nor there. Okay. Where we're going with this is that even if you see this guy and he's wearing a shirt and you think it sucks and you think it's problematic, you know? It's still part of an angle. It's a part of an overall picture, and you don't have to be local to appreciate it. That's all I'm saying. It's it's about it's about a guy who's being a racist sack of shit, and it wasn't us putting over racism. But I also think that sometimes you kind of have to sell an idea, and you can't really do it. You can't really do it as brazenly as some people depict racism. Like I didn't want to make Nat, Matt like a neo-Nazi yeah. at the end of the day. We kind of infused it with humor because Matt still has to come back at some yeah. point and do something but, different. But you that's, know, that's almost my point, right? The, the picture, you don't see the humor. You don't see the promo. You don't see the interaction with Roxy. You don't see the promo with Ivory Robbins setting up the payoff. The shirt is funny though. <sighs> it's I, I, I think the shirt, I think making the shirt was a mistake. I will say yeah. that I, I didn't, I didn't think that the shirts were actually getting made. At the time, I didn't think they were actually getting made. You are so full of fucking shit. Bullshit. Oh, man, let's step outside and fight right now because I fucking paid money for that design. You knew that I paid money for that design. And I actually helped with the art. Like, Steve Rice and I worked on it. When I showed it to you, you were like, whatever, bro. You think I'm, like, going to fucking waste 100 bucks on a fucking <sighs> gag? Like, come on, man. I told you that we were doing this. Matt told you that he wanted to do it. And we even worked out the details. Like, you can't tell me that the first day you saw those 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 shirts was the first day that you thought you went, oh, I, yeah, we, didn't fucking, we, didn't, we didn't fucking put anything over on you. So don't fucking put that off on me, dude. Uh, I'm not saying that you, you put something over on me. Okay. I still did not think the T-shirts were a good idea. You, but you never, you never stepped you're right. up. You're right. You never I fucking never, stepped up. So you know what, man? Fuck you. You didn't step up and go like, no, this is a bad idea. I'm shit canning this because so many times in the past you've gone, no, I don't think this is a good idea. And guess what? I listened. Yeah. But you didn't do it this yeah. time. You kind of smiled wryly. Maybe you're just as bad as everyone else because you're kind of like, you kind of like laughed. You did laugh and kind of shook your head and got, oh my God, this is so bad. You, But like in a way that you kind of seemed to kind of enjoy it a little bit. You didn't step up and go, guys, this is really going to be a huge misstep because you want to know why? Hindsight is twenty twenty. It is. And I did not see it as, as the huge misstep at the time. It, you're right. In hindsight, but in hindsight, seeing just the picture and the reaction to just the picture without the context is why I think it was a misstep. Yeah. But like I said, like I couldn't put Matt out there. I couldn't make a funny swastika. 
you know like i said and and the way that these devices work you have a character who has to be multi-dimensional and he has to kind of come around he has to have a cycle right you can't just like go matt's a fucking nazi skinhead racist all of a sudden and he can't come back from that in two years you know i mean like granted people are just going to be upset about anything they're going to be mad they're going to yell they're going to be steamed you know and that's just that because that's just how woke culture is you have people who fucking use terms like tone police you i have people who are in woke culture who fucking yell at me a guy with ptsd who's been in abusive situations been molested been treated like shit all of his life i have people these bowl cut fucking morons who come at me and yell at me about shit like this and i go please don't yell at me and they say don't you dare tone police me. These people are so like backhanded and self-serving that I just don't give a fuck. You know, did it hurt our product ultimately? I don't think it did. I think, I think we basically, we got off Scott's free. I think, I think it hurt. I think it hurt Matt and and it continues. It continues to hurt him. And I think that that's a really sad thing, but I think that also people need to look at the context. I think we're in this day and age where people just kind of want to shovel people onto a pyre, but it's not a literal pyre. They just, they just want to kind of like shove people into a a, a grave buried alive. And it's, it's despicable. There's like no learning moments for anybody anymore. The most woke people on the planet are the biggest piles of garbage because they come at you and they disparage you and they yell at you and they put you down and there's no fucking healing current about what they do or what they want from you. They're not there to help people. They're there to just fucking posture. And most of those people can go fuck themselves. And also, you know what, you know who one of those people was Stroud. Stroud was one of the biggest, woke motherfuckers on the planet and look what he turned out to be i don't trust people who do that but again it's like it's very performative people want to sit there and wave a flag and cheerlead and act like they're fucking on on the cause of some greater good ultimately always because they just want to get laid or something like that so fuck most people let me get to the last two points there sure number one is the oh ember let her husband do this like fuck you (laughs) you fuck you man like number one like had nothing to do with with any of this, right? Uh, and then the, the second one is that you don't know Matthew Palmer. For you just... This is where it gets personal, right? Because that dude, right, is one of the, the nicest, well-meaning guys. All the proceeds it, from that shirt went where, too? What did you do? It, what did you it, do? It went to charity. It went to it, what charity? Um... <laughs> I know yeah. where it went. Well, we actually, we could not d- donate directly to NCAP, but we uh, donated to... NAACP. Ch- yeah. You racist motherfucker. Yeah, sorry. clearly. <laughs> we, we donated to charity. Um, a friend suggested a charity, and we, yeah. we donated to that. It was and, it was so and, civically conscientious. Yes. Yeah. And, and here's the deal, man. Like, it, it, let me get into this, because this is important. People, people, and, and it's sort of what angered people, but it was part of the, the work. The selling of the T-shirt, there were only larges made, right? Yeah. So there weren't a ton of these T-shirts fucking available. Like, it, it was to put over the fucking angle. On, there were three T-shirts. There was though. there was one wrinkle, too, that I really liked about it, because everything about it was overdone. He didn't make XXLs or XLs because he didn't want fat people wearing his shirts, yeah. too, which is, again, that's... It's, it's the character. It's the character. Um, anyway, continue. But, yeah, there were three T-shirts sold. Which to us amounts to almost nothing, but we basically doubled that and rounded up because, yeah, and it wasn't an issue the day of the show. This got picked up months after, right? So we we did our best to to make this situation as right as we could. Yeah. Right. We Um, altered the angle, which I think ultimately was a massive disservice to this thing. I think it. Like once you, once once you have the the angle, which is about an over, uh, it's an overarching theme of confronting prejudice and where hate comes from and stuff like that. Yes. Suddenly you had you you don't get to pay off this angle and you don't you don't get your redemption. Yeah. You know, so it automatically just stands as something that's just offensive. And and, and maybe that, well, no, because I don't think these people would have would have. Um... It doesn't given it a chance, but to, I don't. To I don't make shit. I don't make shit for those people. Those people can go kick rocks. The ultimate thing is that I have to please myself at the end of the day, is uh, creatively. Because you know what, man? Not neither of us make money doing this. Well, I, I will say this: we have to service there, ourselves. There's right? a lot of bad faith operators in this thing. Yeah, but in, in there were members of our crowd that were genuinely offended, and to those people, <laughs> who was offended, hey, we're sorry. 
Who? Who was there, a fin- there were a few people who, who were. I, I'll tell you. You're not going to. Okay. You're, yeah, I'm, you, not gonna, you, okay I'm not going right. to say it on air. All right. I don't think that's cool to just say people on air, right? I just. The, okay. There were certain people that, that were, rolled their eyes and, and took it uh, genuinely. And for those people, I'm sorry. And a lot of. But, but a lot of those people get offended no matter what you do. Like those are those same people were probably offended. No, no, no. Don't do that shit because I know who you're talking about. And these were the same people that were offended when we treated Roxy like chattel because they didn't have the ability mentally, intellectually to see that there was something bigger to it. Like when we when Chris True treated Roxy like a piece of property and she was traded. Right. They saw that and they said, oh, you're treating women with disrespect. But what they didn't see or failed to see or refused to see was that we did that moment. But then Roxy comes back and slaps Chris and basically takes over Matt and controls the situation situation and goes, I'm not property. You're locked in here with me. I'm not locked in here with you and I don't belong to anybody. You have this moment that's very dark, that's very grim, that isn't politically correct. But sometimes you need those devices to tell a bigger story or to make a point. You know, and that was that was the point of that. It, it, it showed Roxy kind of like rising up and throwing off the shackles of the people that she was under to become her own person. And she began to control her situation. And like she, the first thing she did was she slapped Chris and she slapped Matt. And she said, fuck you guys. I'm in control. There was a bigger moment to that. But a lot of the people, some of the people you're talking about, because I know they complained about the Roxy thing, too. That's all they really focused on. They didn't talk about the redemption of it. Because that's how you tell stories. And, and at this point, you, you got to see a redemption, but it was not the original one. Planned. No, so, no, because well, I, creatively, I was, yeah. you know, I, I still was going to, yeah. I still have to please myself. So, you know, so that's, that's my piece on it. Um, you know, I, I know you guys have already gone into it. Yeah. Anyway. So let's get in the match because... So this this is another J serious. Yeah, the promo for this is amazing. Yeah, With, even after the t-shirt stuff, the yeah. promo before the t-shirt stuff is fucking incredible. Yeah, extremely good stuff. Um, this is where he goes into talking about um, him being uh, what a month early. Yeah, because he didn't have a watch. Yep. So the thing he wants to take next is the J watch, which is just it, this is phenomenal. Yeah, um, really good stuff. And, so, and this is a weird match because it's heel versus heel, yep. which I think I think it, it can work. Um, a lot of people have opinions that are very dire about putting heel versus heel in a ring, but it's like uh, it's it it da- this dash is sort of a pet peeve of mine that the fucking vets, man, <laughs> um, the vets push on you is that you can't have a heel versus a heel. But it's like if if someone is evil, they're not going to just doff their cap to the other bad guy like, oh, hmm, very good, sir. You too are evil. Yeah. It's stupid. Like if, if a fucking bad guy wants something and another bad guy has it, they should just be going like, OK, well, I want that shit. I don't care who the fuck you are. You I'm driving nuts because I'm going to make a sports reference again. Go ahead. So I'm a huge Steelers fan. The, that doesn't mean that the Patriots and the the fucking Ravens don't play each other. Yeah, you know, two of the big, like there'll be some point in the season they have to fucking play each other, and you damn right I'm gonna watch to see who wins. I also think stuff like this is a really interesting springboard for potentially creating face or faces. Yeah. It's like you kind of have you have to let the experience, even if it's ultimately two bad guys facing off, you can let that really mold those characters to be something different. You know what I mean? This is the so the vets will tell you. <laughs> that you're gonna t- you tell the crowd what they want to see right yeah but what you're really doing is you're listening to your crowd right so this is a moment right you have two heels at some point a heel is probably gonna turn face and a face is probably gonna turn heel right the story of fucking wrestling you have those two fucking heels together that crowd's gonna tell you something you're gonna get some sort of information from it you know which is I think what you were just talking about right there's going to be little moments where you're going to see stuff shine through. Um, so, yeah, you're, quote unquote, telling the crowd what they want to see. But the crowd's also telling you ahead of time what they want to see. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this is this, you know, we Matt Matt's like first, I think, you know, one of his first matches when he entered the company was against uh, Jay Sirius when Jay Sirius was a face. Yes. And Matt was coming in as a heel, so the dynamic here was a little different. But also, these two just work immensely well together, and we were just very excited about. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not gloss over. 
two of like the best wrestlers in the area. That's right? true. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah. And they, they uh, you know, this is something that you could probably get a long term feud out of. And they tell a really great story because both guys are yeah. fairly grounded in dramatics and history and they know how to really yeah. tell a great story. Um, Extremely creative. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think with the way that we're going to be moving with the company in the next few uh, in the next few months, uh, permitting that we run, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about seeing these two guys work together much more. I think this is something that I really want to want to kind of uh, shake up a bit and really kind of push as just a, a, a pairing. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, we got done yelling at each other. Um, <laughs> let's yell <feel> at Steve. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Steve um, for a minute. Okay, so we from here we come into a match with uh, with Steve Arino and Gino. Um, so yeah, not what we expected here. No. Um, so I was. We, I'll just flat out say it. I wasn't happy with this match, and um, like I love Steve-O, and he'll probably get all mad at me for saying this, but I felt like he kind of. I didn't. I feel like he. He didn't. Re- this was a, a match where after he'd had so many phenomenal matchups with different people uh, of, of, of name and repute, I felt like Steve-O should have wrestled like he was Dasher. And I don't feel yeah. like he did. I feel like this was this really weird. He, he, he tried to showcase himself here. Yeah. And Gino was very reserved. It was a very, yeah. it was a very slow moving match. This really was a match that was really pivotal to Gino and his reputation in front of the fans. And I think we got this kind of plotting uh, by numbers affair. And I really wanted people to be excited about Gino because I know Gino can do great things. And he just didn't get that opportunity here. This was kind of like it just there was just nothing going on here. Yeah. I wanted Steve to work at a different level. I wanted the pacing to be different. I wanted to see Gino kind of go nuts and really surprise people. I wanted I wanted Gino to have that big Cody Lane moment. Yes. It just doesn't just didn't happen here. What we really wanted here was the fans to walk away going like, holy shit, this Gino guy's just as good as Steve. Yeah. But instead we got Steve had a solid win. Yeah. You know? So Yeah, it was a bummer. Not a match that I wanted. And I think Steve O needs to sometimes realize that he's elevated by all these matches that he's had with people of, of repute and he needs to maintain that level of consistency like I would have loved to have seen him wrestle Gino like Gino was Joey Janela. Yeah. Not creatively have the same match that they had, but just like treat Joey like or Gino like that and kinda like help elevate Gino to this stature where he mattered more. Instead this just felt kinda like a very flat line match. So this this too and you look at the size of the card, it may explain this, but I'm not looking to make up excuses for this. Um, this is something that Biss today would have gone into deeper detail other than saying, okay, you know, Gino's coming in, it's you, you're going to be up, you know. So also, you guys got this, right? This match also felt like it took a while. Um, like, I, this is a match that should have just been like crazy. I think, um, Dude, you know it's funny that we're argue- we argued a little bit on this, but uh, the day of this show, you and I actually got into it. Did, what do we get into it over? Um, oh, the Masada thing. The, not only the Masada thing, but just the, just the way that you were pacing things and kind of letting things roll, and you were just being slow, and you weren't like on your shit. I didn't feel like you were on your shit in terms of making sure that times ran the way that <laughs> typically you're like a you're like a yeah. you're like a pit bull you, you about making that... sure that people's times went <laughs> went correctly. You know they're you know? both related, right? Yeah, I know. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You were very much like, relax, bro. It's yeah. cool, bro. You're like very, very like, <laughs> I was so, like, yo, this is fucking running long. Yo, yeah. there's a lot of matches. Yo, what the fuck is, I was like, God damn it. And you, you were really kind of like pushing back and back and back. So one of the big matches here is supposed to be Andy with this lawless darkness, uh, ability wrestling Masada and the the big thing here is you've got these two guys who ultimately kind of respect each other and have this friendship and uh, they both are known for going fairly hardcore the idea in this match is that Andy is supposed to be the one guy that has the ability to actually flaunt the rules and wrestle as a hardcore wrestler but Masada cannot he has to abide by the rules and of course Andy was a 
fucking pain in the dick about this. He didn't want to. He was like, oh, why don't we just make it hardcore in general? I'm like, oh, then what's the point of the lawless darkness ability? And it's supposed to prove it's supposed to sh- it's, it's supposed to test your metal and see how far you're willing to go to in order to like beat this guy. Uh, and it's supposed to show like, what is your breaking point? When do you actually start to cheat? Or, you know, quote unquote cheat. And anyway, so what's happening here is like you're fucking dragging this shit out. You're dragging this shit. You're like not pushing anybody to like wrap up time. So there's a bunch of shit on this card that goes a lot longer than it should have. And I'm getting fucking pissed. And it's all because we're trying to stall. We're waiting for Masada to show up. Masada. Yeah, he double booked. Yeah. Yeah. He, and I had said, like, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think we should let him do it. But you're saying, bro, trust me, it's going to work. So, so behind the scenes, Mas- Masada had just moved back to texas and needed cash yeah um needed the booking so originally i was like hey man i got you first and it was like oh fuck dude it was like basically like i'm not gonna be able to pay the fucking light bill if i don't get both these bookings right yeah um so (laughs) so he's supposed to we start our show at at, um at five o'clock we open doors right five thirty i want five thirty door uh show starts at six o'clock that's been every fucking inspired show ever so he is supposed to be on a pre-show match with Shane Taylor in uh, College Station, Texas, which is... It's a drive. Yeah, like two hours. Two hours. So if it's five o'clock, he finishes up and comes down, he should be down to us by no later than like eight o'clock. We're at like, when this this Dalton match goes on, we're at like 930. Yeah. This is Dragon. <clears throat> so and you're telling me the whole time I'm like saying you know we need to pull the trigger on a quick fix and we need to just like call it like and, and I'm, I'm very holding out hope and I'm the I'm the kind of guy that goes no fuck this we're doing this like I'm the guy that yeah. just wants the solution then and there I've always been kind of like I think the driving so, force between saying no this is what we're fucking doing and I'm making the poster we're doing this and and he, here's it's Masada yeah who is can be has not for us but can be a pain can be um something to deal with yeah so i'm trying to avoid masada showing up and then just having to to deal with you're not on the card you're not on the card brother he was also not in communication with us yeah he went dark for like an hour and a half so we don't even know what's going on we don't know if he's on the road i'm supposed to have in good faith that he's going to show up um but i don't know if he's like fucking drunk somewhere like in San Antonio at this point, uh, like beating up other people. I just, I don't know what's going on, you know, cause you're never quite sure. You're never sure. sure. I mean, like Masada is, Masada is a, a phenomenal person to have around. I love him, but he's also kind of got a wild card quality where you don't exactly know what you're going to get or if you're going to get it sometimes. Yeah. This was just not something I was very happy about. I also just don't like being treated like second fiddle. It, yeah. it, it, it bothered me, you know, it didn't feel respectful and I, I don't like being put in a position where i have to sweat you know so and and we've uh masada has a history too of kind of like for lack of a better term i don't even want to use this word because it has a certain connotation which isn't right but kind of bullying his way on to certain parts of the card no i mean he tried position he did and he did this with me with teddy hart one time when he tried to bully me into putting teddy hart in the ring to cut a promo or something like that Uh, and and because like teddy showed up super late or something for something and i was just like no man and he said bro give the fans what they want. And I said, the fans don't give a shit. And like, he <laughs> tried and he, and he was like really trying to like push me around and kind of almost like intimidate me. And I'm like, man, this is just, this is not happening right now. I, and you know, and quite frankly, Masada could murder me, but like I was, yeah. I stood up to him and he was respectful and I always appreciated that. He's an intense dude. He's yes. like one, there are very few people in pro wrestling that I find to be intimidating. Yeah. He's one of them. There, there's a weird <laughs> crowd uh, and they're kind of throwbacks, but I mean, I've been in a bar and basically been like, look, if we're going to fight, you're probably going to whip my ass, but that's where this is going. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm no tough guy. Right. But like, it gets to be a certain point where you're like, either I'm going to bend over backwards or I'm going to have to fucking fight this guy. And if I bend over backwards, I'm going to have to bend over backwards for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. So I guess I'm taking this ass whooping. Yeah. You know? um, and Masada was Masada was there that night. <laughs> like, so, yeah, there's kind of you have to like push back. And we've we've always kind of been like, hey, man, no, this is where you are on the car. This is where it's happening. This is what we're doing. This is what's happening. And this was um, he was on Carson. Uh, Houston Carson's show in in College Station. And here's... This was the other part of it. This was the Mm. part that I forgot. 
Carson had told me, oh, it's at five o'clock. It felt really, I felt disrespected here. Then it was like, oh no, man, he's on the main show yeah. the day of. And I'm like, well, fuck, I, I remember seeing no. And I remember seeing the text messages too. Yeah. It felt, it really felt like we were being fucked with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, and cause I, I've always felt like the, like the old guard really didn't like, like me or the like our style of what we were doing there was very little respect there's there, i always saw people making comments like these guys don't know what they're fucking doing and it's like well apparently neither do you because you can't draw fucking 10 people so you know yeah. there you go and and you know that's nothing against carson as a booker because he's doing well up there but man we really were kind of jagged around on this yeah i it, it was it was fuck man carson being the company doing shit with me if if he could yeah. um i just felt like there was maybe some yeah. Just not a lot. Just not a lot of love lost, and we weren't really treated with any sort of respect. I yeah. felt, and that that hurt my feelings. So, but we had. So yes, I. Uh, there was weird tension at this show, and uh, you had agreed. So it's a normal practice for guys to take double bookings when it's close by and they can make both shows. Um, this was our first chance mm-hmm. to try this out, right? You had always said no before. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, fuck, I just need this to work so that if it happens again, hey, it's something we can explore. Because it makes negotiate. It makes my side of things yeah, easier if I can th- pull there was, off. There was a lot of shit that just yeah. dragged on this card and went on or you gave no – you you didn't police the so, times. Like you said, go oh, out there and – I think you even told Steve I told and Gino. to extent. I don't think I – oh, maybe you, I did. No, you definitely did, did and it, I think it – and it, that was a it match, hurt that match. That's a match that should have been short and sweaty, and it should yep. have been something that dragged and dragged and dragged. Yeah, and they went out. And, and they went out and fucking... And, you know, Gaga did up. Yeah. Um, because I I wanted that to work out. I wanted to have that work out. I didn't want to take that loss. And at the end of the day... You were trying to do him a solid. I think you yeah. still paid Masada. I did. Um, I did. Out of my pocket. I mean, at the end of the day, we still promoted him, and yeah. so there were people there to see him, and that was that was a bummer for them. Um, but anyway, the fix that I came up with actually yielded something pretty great eventually. Yeah. Uh, here we have Andy going up against Ashton and T-Ray. Um, I wanted a tornado match. I didn't get a tornado match, and I was really mad about this. Did they tag in and out? Yeah. Yeah, because I was in the back. I was fucking sweating. pissed. I was so fucking pissed. Yeah. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> I was like, this is the most fu- fucking boring, dumb shit ever. It was like, just heat then. Yeah, I just, just... Be- basically wanted Andy in a handicap match. Personally, I don't think of a, if, if a one dude against a tag team, and they're tagging in and out. That's not a fucking handicap match. It's still like they're, they're fighting this one person, because there's always one guy in the ring at, at the same time. This is simple fucking math, and I know that you've argued with me about this, but it's, the, it's a fucking fact he's never at any point wrestling he and and also like it's a fucking work man i'm sorry like the idea that he's there's always a fresh man in the ring fuck that that's fucking stupid it was stupid this is stupid so so let me break it down even further (laughs) so in a tag match you work a heat to build up to a hot tag which is a huge part of the match big pop the heat is the boring part that the crowd wants to stop so that the exciting part can happen. Mm-hmm. If you're working a one a two-on-one handicap, the entire match is the boring part that the crowd is hoping stops. <laughs> the entire match yeah. becomes that. Yeah. You maybe get a comeback, but it's mostly the boring part that the crowd's waiting for the hot tag on. Yeah. Um, and I love a good traditional heat into a hot tag i even like a double fucking heat but you know i have no problem with that i just think in the context of this match where you have this guy you have this guy that has this lawless darkness title where he can break any fucking rule it should have just been him beating the piss out of these two fucking guys so you've got a steak right you got this nice steak you've grilled it seasoned it personally you cut the grizzle off. You cut the fat off. I like the fat, so. You know, oh, can, okay. This would be a bad example. Yeah, very bad example. But anyway, you cut the bone, and then you just put the bone and the grizzle, and you leave the fat off, too. You don't even give Max his fat. You just give him bone and grizzle and go fucking live with it, asshole. Yeah. That's what you just did. So, yeah. Anyway, this ultimately, uh, this match made sense because 
Andy, I think we even had it so that Ashton and T-Ray were going to run out at some point during the Masada match and really kind of schmoz it up, and it would have led to something bigger happening down the road with Masada and Andy yeah. teaming up. Um, this made sense, though, from a logical storytelling point of view because Ashton and T-Ray were a part of the new improvement with Dan and Chris, and, of course, Andy had declined to join the new movement uh, iteration, and that pissed them off, and so, you know, Chris was looking for revenge. So this, this ultimately, this match made sense. I think we even pitched it that they had, like, you know, fucking locked Masada in a closet somewhere, which gave them a little bit more heat or something like that. But it was, it made sense. I saw a lot of upside in T-Ray. I liked Ashton. I loved putting them in this position, which was sub-main, you know. So, so we get the we get the phone call, like, five minutes into this match that Masada was, like, 20 minutes out. Yeah. Which is like, oh, fuck, perfect storm. But he showed up. He showed up sooner than that because he was in the hallway at one point, I think. It was, like, it was, was like during the main event. During the main event, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and he's, like, trying he's to... He's dressed... He's, he's like ready to run in the it, ring and work. Yeah, and he's like, "Let's go, let's go, bro, let's let's do this." I'm like, I'm sorry. He, do you remember? He had the fucking skewers in his. He's standing <laughs> yeah. in the fucking hallway, skewers in his hand, going, "Bis, let's do this, bro. We can still do this. Let's go." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm gonna pay you. Don't worry about." No, nah, man, get the fans what to your. Yeah, get, the let's get the fans what they want, want man. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that crowd is fucking dead right now. I can't throw another match out there. They're not yeah. gonna care. I'll make them care. Like. A guy, you love the intensity, he, he and you finally, love. The he finally confidence. came down, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, so let's uh, let's get into the main. Um, this was an important match. This was uh, Albert's first defense as pure prestige champion against a uh, an opponent that the guy that was supposed to be the champion that time had picked. It was Albert versus Shane Strickland. Um, I was not super high on this match. Yeah. Um, it, but it was a good match. Very important match. So yeah. This is this is MLK weekend, right? Um, this was a huge moment, and that that day is very important to Albert for obvious reasons and personal reasons, right? Um, so, but that's not the plan, right? Yeah. So this is kind of what we were talking about at the start of the episode. Like, <clears throat> Albert just happens to be an incredibly talented fucking wrestler that we have our belt on. Shane Strickland's being brought in because he's he's friends with Palmer, and Palmer wants to have a good match, with and he's his talented as hell my favorite indie guy at this point, yeah. right? <clears throat> and they become our main event on this weekend, right? This isn't... We're not going, oh boy, MLK weekend. What can we no. do to promote? That was the thought process behind it. And then, you know, Albert came in and was was, was the one that was like, this is really special. Um, that He made the match feel special yeah. with his promo. So the, the promo really was not okay, let's put Albert in this spot, in this platform. I love the fact that this happened on the same show that we had the King of the Black Women yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, at least we end with this really special yeah. moment, right? So, um, MLK man, weekend. I kind of breezed over the match itself, but, I mean, the match was the match. It was ACH versus Shane Street. It was a li- It was a little dialed back. I think uh, they wanted to wrestle a different style of match that wasn't just, like, 80 miles a minute, you know? They, yeah. They wanted but, to re- wrestle something more methodic. But my dumb ass has sat there and told, like, matches that, that should have, like, been quicker to, like, do that. So yeah. the crowd seen that more. Like, if, if this was a normal show... That, it would have been in the main event. They would have been on their fucking, you know, hand in their fucking face watching this, studying it. Um, but where they expect to get that tempo and that speed, 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 we've drugged out to try to get Masada here in time, and we missed on it. Yeah. So, that was, it's late. Well, the, pace, the, pacing, the pacing of this show is just yeah. crazy. You know, like, I, I, my, I've always been of the belief that not every fucking match needs to be a 20-minute opus. And, and, you know, this is one of those, those examples where we had this massive car, this huge card, and a lot of the stuff should have just gone boom, 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 boom. But we were trying to buy time for somebody. Uh, but, you know, Albert's promo at the end of this about how it got the company over, too. I feel like he yeah. said, you know. This is really important that you have these two these two men of color, these two black men, and, and we're you know this is just the best. This is the cream of the crop. You know this is this is a special moment. You know, and he decreed it, and it it did it did make it feel special. It made it feel big. Yeah, I so I, I'd like to say you know I the for the culture shows have been very very good shows. Um, the level of support that they've received has has been different and and you know some of that's the pandemic and whatnot 
Um, and I think that they're great. But I, I'd like to see more of, of this, um, where, where you're, you're putting, you know, incredible athletes of color in these spots, in the, these important spots, um, versus just showcasing them, you know? Um, tr trust them, fucking tr treat them just like treat them just like everybody else but trust them in these spots right? yeah that's the the best thing that you can do to, to support them is to to give them a chance right and and you know what if they if they fail you know give them a chance you know to to make it up and to do it again yeah, yeah. that's that's the best i can say on it yeah but, but you know what man this was this was a very storied and important <laughs> card. A lot of stuff happened this in this, huge, this show. Man. It was like a yeah. huge show, just in terms of like going forward. So, I, I mean, you know, we really left a, we really left our in, imprint on the walls of this space just with this this yeah. show. But yeah, this was the last time we were at Austin Sports Center, uh, thankfully. Just, and, just a, it's sort of the show too where we we level up. You know, yeah. Like, uh, it's we not good, so much we, had, we change course, but we just level up what we're doing at this show. We had a good crowd for this one, too. Yep. We had a good good audience, good size. But, yeah, this was this was like one of those fucking uh, shows where I think afterward, Biss and I felt like we'd just given birth. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> and, and, and there we were, <laughs> mopping up the Austin Sports. <laughs> really, that's, that's not you a lie. Mi you missed a spot. Yeah. Can can you hurry? That's a long place. Yeah. I think that's what he used to say. He used to be like, oh. "Can we can we hurry up? We really want to get out of here." I hate that shit. Anyway, fuck that guy. I don't know where he is right now, but I hope it's somewhere bad. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll be back, kind of going over the last the last days of Inspire yeah. Pro leading up to the leading up to eventually the pandemic. Yeah, we got we got to go back to high school. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we got to go to War o'clock high. War o'clock high. All right. Well, see you guys around and. Uh, Thanks for joining us.